Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Come on, you fucking Spurs. What a result. What a result. Um, I was, you know, this was, this was shaping up to be something pretty different. Um, this pod. And I, I, do you know what? I was thinking, I was sort of collecting my thoughts around the sort of 90 minute mark. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm not even that annoyed, right? If we don't win this, I'm not, I mean, I'm annoyed. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not that annoyed. Um, it still felt like we played well. It felt like we were completely in control. Um, it felt like there was a real purpose to what we're doing. And we've all said, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road. We know that Angie's system, Angie's style of play isn't always that quicker route to, not that quicker route to success because it takes him, a, you know, usually, basically it usually takes him about a year before things start looking good, right? But still, in the back of my head, in the back of my head, and I've got the receipts, can show screenshots if anyone really is desperate to see them. I was saying to my mates, we're still going to win this. We're still going to win this. And especially when the 12 minutes came up, I was like, that's going to, that's going to have spooked them. That will, that will suck the confidence out of, out of Sheffield United. And we're going to get somebody. We're definitely going to draw, but I still felt, I still felt we were going to win it. I felt we were going to win that all along. Um, if we hadn't done, it would have been annoying. It would have been a shame ahead of the Arsenal game. And I just mean like the Arsenal game, not the Arsenal game. Um, I'm not playing into that for them. Um, but, you know, as Ange said, Sheffield United first. And Sheffield United first indeed. Got the job done. It was an ugly, ugly <laughs> game in some ways. Sheffield United dug deep. They looked organised. That Robinson was an absolute menace all all day, I thought. He was... We really struggled getting anything past him. Um, I think there were a few moments when, you know, his kind of dogged defending as it was being called by the by the commentators, was actually him just fouling Kulisevsky or fouling some of our players. But whatever, you know, he, he played well. I thought Sheffield United played well. I think they will feel somewhat annoyed. I mean, it's <laughs> safe to say, I think they will feel annoyed that they've come away from that with nothing. Um, but I think we deserved that. I think we were miles a better team. I think we battered them today. And I don't think the fact that we got those two goals in the dying minutes of the match, I don't think that should that should take away from anything. I don't think that should be seen as a smash and grab from Spurs. I don't think that should be seen as Spurs getting lucky or anything like that. We totally, totally dominated that game. Completely controlled it. You know I'll, I'll do the player reviews and stuff in the in the second half of this pod, but Soren Basuma in particular, I did a tweet about them and I spoke about them the other week, didn't I? I can't remember if it was against Burnley or if it was when we played Bournemouth. But I was talking about how Sar and Basuma together, 
provide Tottenham just this perfect platform for control, for dominance over games. They're so cool in possession or even out of possession. The amount of times I saw Saar track back, do like his stride is so majestic. He tracks back and just nicks the ball off of an opposition player and then just balls out, as they say, just plays. Like, we'll pick a decent pass. He's always playing that. He's got such a lovely eye for those threaded balls. I don't want to do too much on him just now, but those threaded balls he's able to pick out. For, for a player as young as he is, what is he, 20? I think he's 20. To be as cool and calm in possession as he is, is unbelievable. And it... You know, definitely helps having somebody like Basuma next to him, who just is so majestic in everything that he does, and he's just—he's a wonderful, wonderful player, a wonderful player. We can't spend all season saying what was Antonio thinking, but what was Antonio Conte thinking? Um, It's—it's mad. It's mad, and it's number first and foremost. It's great to have this feeling back about Spurs. It's great to have this feeling back about Spurs in that seeing Tottenham lose is disappointing. But I think most people would be like, we've lost, that's shit, but we go again. Let's 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 have Arsenal. Let's go into this game. We believe in Andrew, believe in what we're doing so far. Um we can't, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road, but these things happen. It's the Premier League, whatever. I mean, I don't know why I'm making these kind of straw man, consolation, like conciliatory points for a game that we've lost when we haven't. We've turned it around and won it in an absolutely sensational fashion. I mean, we've had these moments. We had those comebacks. We had the Leicester comeback with Conte. But still, those still felt like these stretched, flash-in-the-pan moments. This feels like a deserved moment that continues this momentum that we have. This sublime, beautiful momentum that Tottenham have. The Ange train is still going. It hasn't been derailed yet. Hasn't been stopped. Hasn't been stopped for leaves or cows on the line or anything like that. Spurs are... Still, you know, we're still in control. We're still... Oh, I don't know. I can't get my words out. I'm I'm just buzzing about that. I'm really, really excited. That's... It's amazing. It's amazing how quickly this club has been turned around. Um, it's amazing to see us go into games and look... Dominant to look like we have a plan and we know what we're doing, and even within that plan, there are these moments of, as I've called it before, chaos. But some of the interchange, some of the play I mean, I think Solomon has looked a little bit lost at times today, but still, him, Madison, a doggy, Basuma, Sonny, as well, they and Kulisevsky, as well, who he looks like his mojo is fully coming back. I mean, obviously the match winner today, but all throughout the game, I thought he was he was brilliant today. A constant message, message, constant menace. But seeing some of those like interchanges, the way in which the lads like when they they've got the ball in and around the box, there's intricate little passages of play that really you can't coach. That's just 
really good, really confident, happy footballers showing you what they can do. And it feels like we've just got a, a, a perfect storm with so many different elements right now. Basuma with his point to prove after last year being jettisoned from the team. James Madison taking this step up with a point to prove. Hummin Son with a point to prove with Harry Kane leaving, being made captain. Papo Matassar, a young player, wanting to grab his opportunity in the team. Knows that Bentancur is getting fitter every single week. Wants to keep his place there. And right now, I don't drop him. I don't drop him. We keep seeing the meme of the, the guy putting the chips in the pan and it, you know, setting on fire and everyone saying Spurs when they bring Bentancur back into this team. But I don't, wanna, I don't want Saar to go from this team right now. I think there is something really special and really quite beautiful happening at Spurs right now. And it's just exciting. It's exciting because I honestly tell you, if even if we had lost today, I would have still said, it's fine, we go again. I believe in this manager and I believe in these players. Because today it was it was frustrating. Like Sheffield United were decent. They actually played pretty well. But we still managed to get the job done in the end. It's, uh, you know. What can I say, man? Like, what can I say? It's, look, we, well, I'm going gonna to have to like unpack a lot of this uh, this week, the Arsenal game. Probably do a, a couple of different pods. I might, I'll get, you know, I'll try and get Ben back on, the Arsenal fan. He's he's all right for a good chat. But there's going to be a lot of talk about Arsenal this week. It's going to be a big, big game. It's going to be interesting to see what they do this weekend. But as we all say, it, does, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Um... I do. I feel. Yeah, I get it. I I know the feeling that it's nice to be going into the Arsenal game with this level of momentum. But we've gone into Arsenal games with a lot of momentum before, and you know we know what's happened there. I think really that next game, whether Arsenal win or lose their next game, I'm not going to be sitting there thinking, "Oh, right, well, you know, the chances of us getting something are decreased or increased as a result of that." The North London derby is what it is. I know some people. I, this is the thing. I'm not going to go on about this too much today. I'll talk about it. But I know some people get all triggered about people calling it the North London Derby and stuff because they're saying it's making it a thing. It is a fucking thing. Of course you can call it the North London Derby because that's what it is. Anyway, um, it's very, very exciting to see Spurs doing what they're doing. To see Spurs, the players. I mean, this is the crucial thing. The players believing to the very end, that they can get a result there. And we haven't seen that since peak Pochettino, since the very peak of Pochettino's tenure. I mean, okay, Amsterdam arguably was not in the peak of Pochettino's tenure, but that Champions League run was almost in silo from how the league season went that year, right? From what what type of a beast we were in the Premier League to what we were in the Champions League. The Champions League was like that last vestige, the last throwback to... The peak Pochettino years, and I'm talking 16, 17, 17, 18, you know, when there was that never say die attitude, when there was Swansea away, although, no, that was 16, 17, wasn't it? Swansea away and that goal kit. 
The fact that Ange has already kind of got that into this team. This refreshed, young, exciting, energetic, quick, strong team. Sound a bit noncy there, don't I? <laughs> uh, they are... He, oh. It's a joy to be old, man. It's a joy to be in this place when Tottenham are like this. You know, the sun always shines a little more brightly when Tottenham win. And we're coming into autumn and that sun, that sun is still shining brightly. Ladies and gents, folks, it's, ah, oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful time. And you know what? We fucking deserve it, man. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care. People can say whatever they want about, oh, what about these people that support bloody Turnip, Turnip and Bogroll FC in the fucking Conference League National. Don't care. They don't get off as much shit as Tottenham fans do. We're one of the most loyal and rabidly defensive fan bases of our club that there is. The lack of fucking success we've had in recent history and still our capacity to dream, to believe, to get behind this team, it never fucking... Well, I mean, I was going to say it never wavers. It does waver. But deep down, we never stop believing. We just don't. We don't. We we can all fucking disagree on certain facets on of the game, different players whatever ultimately we're still all afflicted by the same fucking condition which has been a Spurs fan and with that comes all the fucking mawkish shit all the mawkish shit that teams like Liverpool think they have ownership over teams like Liverpool who act like it's such a hardship to be a Liverpool fan okay Bleeding into this may be some socioeconomic factors around the club. I appreciate that. I'm not taking away from that. But when we're talking about what happens on the pitch, when we're talking about international fans, trying to sing You'll Never Walk Alone, <laughs> you know, at the end of the storm there's a golden sky. Your whole fucking existence is a golden sky. And again, when I say your whole existence, I'm talking about on the pitch, right? I'm not talking away from anything like Hillsborough or anything like that. I know it's awful, right? I'm not I'm not taking away from that. I'm just saying Liverpool always fucking win stuff. They win the fucking League Cup, the FA Cup, Champions League, time and time and time again. Spurs won stuff in black and white. We won stuff in the eighties, but it's been it's been a long time and there's been a lot of fucking pain and there's been a lot of false dawns. And this may be another one of those. But we don't want to talk about it. As Chris Tarrant says, we don't want to give you that. We don't want to give you that. <laughs> we don't want to give you that. Um, because... <sighs> Many of us, majority of us, I would say, the majority of people that listen to, to, to my podcast, to this or a similar age to me, have seen a few highs and many lows at Tottenham. 
And we know when something feels different. We know when something feels proper, right? And we know when something has genuine promise to it. And this is that. And we know it. And I can feel it. You can feel it with every single fiber of my being, of our collective being, that there is something special happening at Tottenham. And yes, we may be able to talk about Daniel Levy and whether or not he will step up come January or come next summer to really see this promise become a reality. But look, ultimately, we can we can forever go around in circles and talk about these like the bad things at the club because nothing is ever perfect. Nothing in life is ever perfect. Andrew's making this point before the match but with regards to mental health. There's always an issue, there's always something going on. And this is a you know, this is a, a, a sloppy kind of segue between the two of them. But my point is that as Andrew's saying, nothing in life is ever perfect. And yes, there may be there will be bumps in the road for Spurs. Yes, there will be times when we get annoyed with the, the ownership, when they don't get somebody in in January and Madison gets an injury or whatever happens, you know, that sees this momentum, this promise get derailed once again. That may happen, it may not. But right now, at this moment in time, this is the purest joy. This is the total essence of what it is to be a football fan and what it is to be a Tottenham fan. To fucking lose ourselves to this. And we do it every fucking time. We do it every time. Everyone tells us how shit we are. Everyone tells us we're Spursy. Everyone tells us we're not going to win anything. Everyone tells us all of our players are bottlers or losers or this or that. And every single time we get behind them, Every single time we see them walk out onto the pitch, that fucking white shirt on, the golden cockerel above the fucking ground. I don't want to get too mawkish about all this type of stuff, but this is what it is, man. This is what being a Tottenham fan is. This fucking, the way you just have to submit to this. You do. You have to just give yourself to it and just say, you know, this is it. We're not the best. <laughs> we're not the best but we're sure as hell not the fucking worst and we never have been and as much as they will try to make us feel like we are we're fucking not we're one of the best fucking football clubs that this country's ever produced and afternoons like this when we can turn turn it all around and just give everyone everyone they all the banter accounts had it all fucking lined up all the banter accounts you know they had it before this day, Ange Postacoglu hadn't lost a home game until blah, Spursy. Do you know what I mean? We all knew that fucking shit was coming. Every single thing. Those have all been saved in their fucking drafts now. Every single one of those. As Kulisevsky slapped that into the back of the net, it was the biggest fuck you to all of them. To every single one of them. <sighs> just afternoons like this man afternoons like this are fucking wonderful and i got the biggest fucking fomo about not being there but you know i'm still i was talking about the ups and downs of it i'm still trying to kind of stand to my thing that i don't want to pump money back into it with the ticket prices going up you know i'm sort of trying my best to stand to that principle but 
I'm not going to lie, man. I had big old... Oh, fuck. Brighton beat Man United 3-1. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I saw that they were 1-0 up uh, at one point. Um, anyway, I'm not here to talk about that. Um, that was just... <sighs> Look, I'm going... this is a rambling mess. But that was just a delight. That was a joy. That was saying, we're Tottenham Hotspur. This is what this manager's instilled in us. We are never going to give up. We are never going to lie down. We're never going to let our heads drop. We're going to fight for every single ball and we're going to fight to the final whistle. And fuck, fuck you, Arsenal. Like, you may fucking have us, but we're going to give you a game. We're going to give you a game. Um, But we'll talk about that later. I mean, that will be the bit that will get clipped up if any of it's going to get clipped up, isn't it? But we'll see. Let's do the players. Let's do the players. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, Vicario, 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 Vicario. Yeah, let's do that. Um, brilliant. In the first half, a wonderful save. I don't think he could have done much more with the uh, with the goal for Sheffield United, if I'm honest. Um, he claims the ball beautifully in the air. He distributes the ball nicely. I'll say I've said it before and I'll say it again, those early wobbles of his, they seem to be completely out of his system. He's uh a calm, assured presence in goal and he's looking like an absolutely brilliantly shrewd acquisition. Um it's quite funny at the moment I'm seeing a lot of Italy Twitter talking about him not making the uh Making the national team anymore. It's Donnarumma, isn't it? Is it Donnarumma in the name of the... So this is what... You know, if you don't know this by now, I'm fucking... I'm awful with names. Yeah, Donnarumma. Um, just saying that he's been crap um, for the past however long and that they need to have Vicario in goal. And it's just quite interesting to see him getting recognised, isn't it, now? I mean, well, he was getting recognised in Italy, to be fair. That's why we fucking signed him. But... He's, uh, yeah, he's really starting to look like a proper, proper goalkeeper, isn't he? Uh, proper. I'm becoming one of them, aren't I? Proper football man. Um, delightful. Delightful. Destiny a doggy. Um, 
I thought actually, do you know what? Funnily enough, in the first half, I didn't think he was looking like his usual commanding self. I think he has set the bar very high. So even like a good performance from him, you're going to think, what's wrong with with the doggy today? But second half, he was back at it, wouldn't he? Like marauding up the pitch in the business end and then just getting back, getting back almost effortlessly thwarting most of whatever it was they were trying to do down that side of the pitch. He's just, uh, you know, how many times can we say Destiny of Doggy's a special footballer because he's just, he's phenomenal. He's, he's you know, utterly world-class. He just is. He just is. He's not even a, let's wait and see, let's not put too much pressure on him. There are some players that just are, you know, young players in particular, Haaland, Mbappe, Delhi, if we're talking for a Tottenham lens, and now Destiny, like he's just, ah, oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's brilliant. Um, Van der Ven, he got taken off. I'm guessing because he he had the yellow card, but again, uh, a majestic performance from him, and it's it's so mad. It's so mad seeing a player of his size just be as mobile as he is and as quick as he is and just so alert to everything is so alert to everything he's a he's a wonderful wonderful footballer his tackling's brilliant he's I mean as you'd expect his aerial kind of I think his aerial presence is unbelievable he's he's a seriously talented player um hold my hands up you know any skepticism I had any tap sober kind of longing I had whatever I'm sure tap sober is a fantastic footballer but it's van der ven lad is special he's really really special and already you're kind of thinking 40 mil is that it it's looking like a snip right it's looking like a snip already um and he's completely brought out the best in Christian Romero who I'll move on to now Christian Romero again a solid commanding performance in goal uh, in goal <laughs> in defence he's he's stepped up hasn't he he's been given that vice captaincy got given the captain's armband today when Sonny came off and as I said as I hoped for it to do for him is for it to spark a sort of m- maturing in him in his overall outlook in his overall play it's definitely done that he's He's really taken it. He's really taken it and he's really stepped up and he's... He just looks amazing. He looks amazing. Messi called him... What did he call him? The best defender in the world this week. Don't think we really need to get into that into that debate, do we? But he's up there with the best in the league. He's just... He's phenomenal. Physically great. Technically great. His, like his, his aggression is obviously notable. He got away. He got away with one today. He didn't get a yellow card today, and I thought I thought he was in line for one. And I, you know, I don't, I don't actually think it was that reckless a thing from him. He just kind of, you know, he was trying to stop the stop Sheffield United breaking away on the halfway line, and he didn't get booked for it, which I, I, I was surprised by. But oh well, we'll take that one. Um, I've got to say as well. Actually, do you know what I've got to say? I didn't go on about it much in the top end, but or at all. The officiating today, again, utterly, utterly appalling. 
utterly appalling, atrocious, um, but whatever. Spurs won. Um, Stonewall penalty on Madison. Um, Pedro Porro, some lovely play. He's starting to look much more comfortable within this system. Um, I because do you know what? Even if we had, even if we had lost this game, I'm going through this list. I'm looking at the players on the pitch. And I'm thinking. There's nobody there I want to dig out. There's nobody there that I think wasn't doing their job and there's nobody there that was particularly lacking in anything. I just think Sheffield United were good. And that's going to happen. Like Spurs don't have a divine right to victory. We don't. We snatch it because we're fucking quality. Um, Pedro Porra though, he's starting to look like actually a, a good fit for this system. Again, again, gun to my head. Is he the perfect long-term solution for this system right now as he stands? Maybe not. I don't look at him as being on the same level as a doggy, for example. But with Andrew's coaching, with more exposure to playing in this style, this system, who knows what will happen, you know? Um, but whatever it is today, I think he was... Very, very good. Um, and long may it continue, you know. Um, Eve Basuma, I've sort of spoken about him in the top end, but just we've got Mr. Dembele back, you know. We do, and if anything, sorry, Musa, but somebody who is actually. A bit better in terms of progressing the ball as well. Musa was always great for like retaining the ball, his press resistance, for you know carrying the ball forwards. But I felt one of the weaknesses in his game often was his eye for a pass, and just his ability to sometimes pick out the perfect pass. Basuma, I don't think he has that problem. The way in which we saw Basuma in the in the international break with that mazy dribble, and then I think he got the assist for it, right? Um, he did. He sort of did one of those in the. I think it was the end of the first half, right in the dying embers of the first half. He did this mazy, mazy run and didn't quite manage to get the ball in and across the box, but it was still lovely. But it's just it's the amount of really top quality attributes that he has are again just something that makes me sit and think what was he 25 mil something like that I think maybe he only had a year left on his contract but he's just sensational he's sensational and it's I think his brilliance is almost his brilliance and his function within the team is almost becoming quite understated. I don't really think people are raving about him. And I'm not trying to do this in a, oh, I, I see what, you know, the uninitiated see, um, don't see, whatever, oh, fuck off, I don't know. Um, but what I'm saying is I don't think people are raving about him because what he does just almost goes under the radar. But the main thing is that you can sure as fuck feel with him being there is that his, I would say, him in particular on the pitch allows so much 
of what we're seeing from Tottenham as a team. I honestly think so much of it hinges upon him and Saar. Um, and largely on him, because I think he in turn also enables Saar to do a lot of what he's doing. Having that bedrock there in the centre of the field, somebody that can screen the midfield, can pick up any stray balls or nick the ball off of the opposition, break up attacks, but then initiate attacks for Tottenham is something we, like I say, we haven't had since Dembele Wanyama days. And Ibasuma is the very fucking fulcrum of this. He's the very centre point of this whole team. I really, I honestly believe that. I would, I would almost go as far as to say he is our most important player. But I think what is great about this Tottenham team is that we don't really rely on any individual. It's a finely poised, finely balanced team that we have right now. Um, but I do think Yves Basuma is a major, major part of that. And I, I think he's a seriously, seriously special talent. You know, I think he's actually way better than I ever thought he was or could be already. Um, thank fuck he started coming into work on time. Eh? <laughs> and he listened to Angie's pep talk because what a delight. Um, Pape Matassar, again, I spoke about him a bit at the top, but for a player that young to be as calm and cool in Everything that he does is wonderful. I think he is he's got a massive future ahead of him. You know? There's gonna be the comparisons to Vieira, there's gonna be the comparisons to Toure. And I see them, you know. Um He feels like the natural successor to to the pair of them in the Premier League. He's He's a wonderful player. I think he's a, he's a lovely, lovely player. Again, like Basuma, great in a defensive capacity and brilliant in an attacking sense. Again, I do want to reiterate that like that eye for a pass that he has to be able to just thread those through balls and even to have the the the, the nerve in a good way to try it is. Is glorious, is beautiful. Um, and he's just so nice to watch. He's just, you know, some players, they just look, I'm not revising history here. A classic example of this, right? Harry Kane, great footballer, one of the greatest the club, the greatest the club's ever had, right? Greatest goal scorer. It was never that beautiful to watch him play football, though. Do you know what I mean? It was always a product of toil, of endeavour, of all that type of stuff. That feels like I'm doing him a disservice. It's not what I mean. He's a brilliant, fantastic footballer. I'm just talking about literally just how they look on the eye, just watching them, the aesthetics of it. Whereas Papi Matassar, the way he just kind of glides around the pitch, the way he strokes the ball when he's passing it about, it's proper like fucking ASMR shit, man. It's like some A24 film when every single shot of the film is pastel coloured and exquisitely photographed. The lighting's bang on. The dialogue and the sound, it feels rich. It feels like caramel. Do you know what I mean? 
It's that type of thing in a footballing sense. Pape Matassar is just like, he's fresh cut grass. He's freshly ground coffee. You know, it's, it's all these like real, great, primal joys in life. And he just encapsulates that as a footballer. I really, really love watching him play, man. I think he's such a special talent and he's brave and he's brilliant. And like I say, right now, I, I don't know if I want to see Ben Tanker walk back into this team right now. But, you know, we'll see. If the manager deems that to be the case, then I'll you know, have faith in that. Manor Solomon. Um it was an it was an interest it was a an interesting afternoon for him, right? Um I think he does there's a t- okay, the best way I can put it is there's a touch of the Lucas Moras about him, right? I think he creates problems to the opposition. I like seeing him get the ball and just run with it and He's got that nice, like, close control. He's got quick feet. I think sometimes he needs to think a little bit more about what he's going to do with the ball and what it is that he's trying to do. Because sometimes it's a little bit predictable that he's going to pick up the ball, try and cut inside and get a shot off, you know? Um, And I think he will, you know, he will learn. And I think Ange will be coaching him, as you'd imagine, into being, uh, you know, into being better. <laughs> um, but I don't think he was bad by any stretch of the imagination this afternoon. I'm not saying that. I think he was good. I just think that he's not quite there yet. And I think there's enough promise from him to be excited about him. And I do like him. Um, but like I say again, I just don't think he's quite there yet. And that's fine. We got him for free. And I think there are many more positives than there are any sort of negative. And I don't really think there's any negatives there, per se, with him. Um, just that maybe he just needs to, like I say, just think a little bit more with about what he's doing with the ball. Um, so we'll see. Um, Dejan Kulisevsky. That was more like it, Decky. That was more like it, lad. Um not only did he get the goal, he was busy all afternoon. He was a threat. We've seen that statistic saying that he's the Premier League player that's run the most this season so far. Don't know if that's still the case after this afternoon, but I would dare say that it is um, because he put in an absolute shift again today. But he looks like he's getting that spark back. He looks like he's knocking the ball about nicely. He's trying to make stuff happen. He's probing. He's not just trying to get the shot away. He's trying to use his right foot more. I noticed that several times today. Several times today. He's obviously had that criticism. Oh, you keep cutting in on your left. It's too predictable. A few times this afternoon, he was whipping him in on his right. He was sort of making that cut in and almost dummying as if he was going to take it left and then she would shoot with his right. And okay, it didn't nothing came off for him yet, but he's trying. You know, he's asking he's asking the question, as they say, isn't it? That's one of those old footballer dadges. Like he's uh <laughs> adage. Sorry, adage. Well, I'll keep getting in trouble for that, don't I? Football adage. Um he's 
he's a nice player, isn't he? He's a nice, nice player. And it's good to see him actually getting back up to speed, getting back in the groove, if you like. Um, and a lovely goal. Dropping to him and just slapping that home. I mean, that's exactly what he's needed and came at the perfect time in the perfect situation. And he is one of those players. He's one of the main players today that did not stop. He didn't let his head drop at any point. He didn't throw his arms up in frustration at any point. He did not stop. He kept on fighting. He kept trying to make something happen all along. And then what happens? He scores a goal in the fucking, whatever it was, 100th minute or something like that. And we win it. And it's a delight. It's a joy. More of that, please, Decky. More of that, lad. James Madison, again today, I'm talking about Saren Basuma. How beautiful is it to have a player like him who can be this, this centre point in the, in the opposition half that can make stuff happen, who can carry the ball, who can dribble, who can ping a pass, who can spread play, who can thread it through, who can retain possession himself. He's always, I mean, the main thing I've said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He's always thinking two steps ahead. He's got that same thing that Christian Eriksen had, where they're always thinking two steps ahead. And it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. They're one of those players that, you know, because so many of us are so used to, well, the majority of us are so used to watching football, right? We're used to watching it from the side angle. Or whatever. We used to play in FIFA. We used to watching it from the broadcast angle. That's what I mean by that. Um, or we used to, even if you're in the stadium, you're used to watching it from, you know, that type of position. And then when you do ever, I barely, I haven't played football in fucking years now. I'm old and whatever. I'm fucking worried about my knees and ankles going. I need to be able to do my hikes around the <laughs> around the hills and stuff. That's where I get my joy from. But last time I have played football, Suddenly, when you're on pitch level and you're looking about, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where the fuck do I pass the ball? Where the fuck are all the other players? Shit, people are running at me. Like, it's hard. It's hard. And when you watch football all the time, you think it's fucking easy, but it isn't. And players like James Madison, I have no idea. Like, I, I think it... Uh, I think it was actually Arsene Wenger that said of Lionel Messi, it's like he has a literal eye in the sky, um, a third eye that's looking at from above because you feel that way with James Madison. The way in which he just sees everything going on around him. And even even at moments when he's, you know, like I say, he's trying to evade a challenge from the opposition. He's trying to keep hold of the ball. Or he's thinking about even receiving the pass. And then, dink, he's got it. He's knocked it up the pitch to somebody. And you think, I didn't even fucking see that coming. I'm sat here watching it, fucking eating popcorn. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's... What a player. What a player. I mean, he is... I, I'm fucking delighted about it. I couldn't give less of a fuck. I was not happy about us signing him, really. I wasn't against it, but I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't ever happy with the idea of us signing him. Not just because I thought he was an Arsenal fan, not just because he sent stuff about 
Gareth Bale when he was about nine or ten. <laughs> but the fact that I just thought he's just a show pony, he's cocky. Yeah, right, he's got a screamer in his locker here and there, but there's not much more to him. Man, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm so happily proven wrong on this because he's incredible. He's absolutely phenomenal. What a, what a brilliant footballer. Um, he's better than Christian Eriksen ever was. I'm sorry, like, he just, Eriksen, again, you know, I said it before, like, Eriksen maintained what he did for a long time. He was very consistent for us until he wasn't, you know, right at the end. And that's because he wanted to leave and whatever. No love lost there. Like, it's, it's, it's fine. Actually, no love lost is a bad thing, isn't it? It's one of those things that sounds like it should be good, but it isn't, right? I think so. It's like, um, I can't remember what it is. It's that expression, isn't it, that you Americans say. Um, I could care less. Yeah, that. It's one of those, isn't it? No love lost is like an I could, I could care less. Where I could care less means I couldn't care less. I couldn't care any less. So why do you say I could care less? It says that you've got a capacity for additional caring. Anyway, let's not get into that. I can't bother to do all that. And Jeremy Clarkson, <laughs> Americans have said a thing. You know, it's not It's not about that. Um, we just say different things, you know. Um, <sighs> James Madison is, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a brilliant player. Um, like, I mean, I don't, I, like, I'm just caught up in a moment. I don't really need to make those comparisons to Christian Eriksen, who is a wonderful, brilliant player for us for a very long time, an exceptional talent. Um, I'm just saying that I just feel like Madison's got a bit more in his locker. And if he maintains this for three, four, five years, great. Um, there we go. Sonny, um, actually, do you know what? A quieter afternoon for Sonny today. I thought, um, and there had been some, you know, there'd been some talk when I was saying about like, Sonny's got to start up top. Richarlison's got to sit on the bench. A few people did say to me, well, Jack, Sonny did very well against Burnley because Burnley played that naive high line and Sonny just, uh, you know, Sonny's a racehorse. He can get into that space. His, his dribbling at speed is some of the best in world football. Let's be real about that. It is. Um, so him and Son will always exploit that type of a system. Team like Sheffield United that are a bit more physical, they're gonna, you know, be a bit more entrenched. Sonny's gonna be afforded less space to run into. He may struggle a bit more. Um, and I don't think he particularly struggled today. I'm not gonna say that I think Sonny struggled. Um, I just don't think he got many quality opportunities, and I don't think that. He was afforded any kind of freedom whatsoever from Sheffield United system. I think they were on him pretty constantly. Um, and, you know, he wasn't able to, you know, make an impact on the game as, as we've seen that he is capable of doing so. But, you know, I don't think that's any kind of panic stations. I think that's just the nature of the game today. And Sonny has been a massive net positive this season so far for me. Um, he's our club captain. 
he's a wonderful, wonderful footballer. So I don't think we really need to have a forensic examination of what happened today because, you know, nobody was really managing to break through at all. Nobody was, you know, able to ultimately get get through what it was that Sheffield United were doing until the very end. So there we go. Until Richarlison came on. Now, been a tough week for him. I wasn't surprised to see him not start, if I'm honest. I wasn't at all surprised to see him not start. I think Angie's comments um, saying he will play some part, I think were quite telling. Um, so, you know, that's... that. I was I was not surprised to see him come on when he did, um, but for a week when he's saying that he's you know struggling um, mentally, that he wants to see a psychologist, that he wants to just kind of get his head right, it's just nice for once, right? It's nice for him because he's had all these near misses. We had that horrible Anfield game last year. We've had kind of various different moments when he's scored and it's been offside or whatever. These kind of like, these just like serotonin sucking moments for him that have just not been pleasant. It's great today for him to just be able to come on and make the difference. That's going to have done him the world of good. It's given everyone else a lift and it's paved the way for Tottenham to go on and win this game. We had, let me see, how many corners did we have today? I want to see how many corners we had. Where are the stats? 15 corners I wanted to say 15 um, 15 corners today and I remember the commentator saying ha, Tottenham's 15th corner of the game can they make this one count oh Richarlison you know it was one of those kind of moments which is always a nice one um, lovely whip cross lovely header and funnily enough a pretty understated celebration I feel like I feel like it was a celebration that said that's it I'm here but let's go let's go let's try and win this game he was thinking about the team and I've got to say I rate that from him man I rate that I rate that it wasn't a big like jumping into the crowd ripping his shirt off all that type of thing you know it feels like it's a guy that's like getting his emotions together and focusing on on the football and that's you know perfect because he's the guy that ended up creating the second opportunity he wasn't thinking that's it game over I've scored an equaliser I've had a tough week and I've scored an equaliser so I'm going to tear my shirt off and jump into the crowd and all this type of thing no the game was there to be won and what did he do he scored the equaliser and he fucking ran back and he was getting everyone else to come back and was saying like come on come on he was geeing everyone up when we were there back at the kickoff and we fucking went at them the second we scored that equaliser we went at them and I knew it was coming I knew it was coming so fair play to you Richarlison fair play lad um, I think Angie's comments on him were perfect we've got like you know the best most wonderful fucking manager we could have with the, the emotional maturity and just the decency the humanity to deal with a player that is you know uh, openly saying that he's struggling at the moment um and great well in um Perisic I think was all right but a little sloppy a little sloppy I think um 
I couldn't really tell if he was petulant or not. I'm not really sure. There just there was a funny, a bit of. I just felt there was a bit of a funny whiff about him when he came on today, and it wasn't just those dodgy highlights. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah. I'd, look, I don't want to go on about it too much. I just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't too impressed with him. I'll just say that. Um, Brennan Johnson. Obviously, it was offside, but that was promising, right? I think we can all say that, even though his his equaliser that wasn't was offside, and it, we're talking fractionally, fractionally. Um, obviously, the lino called it out. It would have been offside by VAR. It was one of those shoulder offsides. But the speed we saw, the way he picked the ball up, dribbled it into that position, and the finish was cool as you like. It was lovely. Um, I'm excited to see a bit more from him uh, as the weeks, months, years go by. Promising start, though. Pierre Mahoybier, um and I'll say Pierre Mahoybier and Emerson Royale, you know, I'm not 100%. They came on pretty late. I, I don't really think there was anything of... No, I think Hoybier was involved in us getting the corner that led to the goal. I'll say that. Um, I think he was involved in the build-up play there. So, fair play to him. Um, but other than that, they came on pretty late. But, you know, the substitutions changed the game. We went on to win the game. So, what's to say that, you know, they didn't have a bigger impact on that. But... Oh, we got it done. We got it over the line. Um, Sheffield United will be annoyed. All of the fucking banter merchants will be very, very annoyed. But Tottenham Hotspur, we are team watching match of the day tonight. Oh, especially those of us who are in the UK. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful time to be a Tottenham fan. This is just so exciting. And... You know, I want to do more of these. I want to do more of these this year. Because I, I get it, a lot of you, and I, I, you know, I'm very appreciative of that. And many of you said last year that it was nice to have me as some sort of <laughs> a counsellor throughout the Conte era and all that type of thing. Um, and yeah, you know, there will be time, you know, points for reflection and everything on this podcast. But it feels like ever since I've been doing these kind of podcasts, we've not had the good times. We've had some good times, but we've not had the good times trademark. And it feels like we're maybe coming into the good times because great, all right, as much as it's nice to vent and sound off a bit about Spurs, there's so much we can vent and fucking sound off about in life, in everything. Football's supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be fun. And it's so much more pleasurable to sit around and talk about the beautiful boys in Lily White doing what they do best, which is slapping somebody about at White Hart Lane, taking all three points and letting all us silly old melts just dream a little bit to go to bed with a smile on our faces and wake up with it because that's what football is about. You know, there's a lot going on in everybody's life. There always is, you know, as Anne said. And football is that one centering thing that we have to, you know, to get behind, to allow us to just forget a bit of the fucking drudgery, a bit of the shit that, you know, that is on us, that's plaguing us. And when it's like this, it's, you know, when we're not having to resort to gallows humour, when we're not having to look for positives or you know dream of a better day the better days are maybe here 
and please please let them stay don't let this don't please don't let this be another false dawn Tottenham you know come on come on because it just feels a bit different this time feels a bit different so we'll see what happens um but as ever thanks everybody for listening for watching um please leave ratings and reviews on your chosen podcast platforms or on youtube if you're watching it on youtube um we've got patreon now um patreon.com slash rtr pod um where there's you know various different pods and stuff going on there it's still in its infancy so it's going to continue to grow i'm still having ideas and you know whatever about the directions in which i can take it and you know the more and more people that sign up the more and more kind of time and freedom i have to to make more stuff um for that and dedicate time to that um so it's on you <laughs> but uh thanks to everybody who has already signed up it really does mean a lot and i hope you are enjoying all of the content so far um but like i say even if you if you can't sign up i totally appreciate that you can just do me a favor by sharing sharing the pod sharing it where you know wherever you do your messaging be that instagram be that on you know tiktok i, I am doing sort of like little instagram posts little tiktok posts now so follow me there it will always be something like i think tiktok's tetrunk underscore rtr pod instagram is just tetrunk um and you can yeah whatever just help me out there help the pod to grow get up a bit bigger and whatever just let everybody bask in tottenham and enjoy it and i don't know what i'm saying anymore other than up the spurs come on you spurs let's fucking have it let's fucking have arsenal come on acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend the Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>